0: Hello, welcome to the Red and Blue podcast. I'm your host, Aaron, and I'm a member of the UK Conservative Party. Joining me is my friend and co-host from the other side of the political aisle, Josh, who is a member of the UK Labour Party. Political civility is our mission and our cause, and we aim to discuss the week's news with all of that in mind. Now, on with the show. The launch of GB News has created quite a social media storm this week, although more on that later. Josh and I thought we'd mainly focus on the topic of news this week, so the underlying issue being news channels such as GB News is that the ongoing battle between impartial versus partial or biased news. And so just to discuss the pros and cons between what they mean Josh, what are your thoughts, generally speaking, on if we're going for just unbiased news, so quote-unquote unbiased news, i.e. the BBC and many others, what what are your thoughts on that concept, and do you think it works? So I, up
1: until fairly recently, uh, would be a self-confessed kind of news junkie. Um, I would get the news off TV off different prints off websites twitter wherever it can kind of come for and now i seem to be picky a bit and a bit more choosy um i don't think i actually have watched tv news uh, or broadcast news uh for quite a while largely because i don't find it that interesting um and that's in its own self is probably uh an issue and um something worth discussing about but uh, a bit later but in terms of trying to get balanced news I mean, news should be balanced right so it should largely be factual and I remember and you probably remember it because I think we're similar school years Um, did something in I can't remember primary school somewhere where we looked at fact versus opinion and uh, went through various newspaper headlines and said um, is this fact or is it, a, a, is it opinion and we spent quite a long time trying to delve in between the two Um, I think that's a skill that has been largely lost from a consumer point of view. Um, But actually, surely, yeah, the news should be, here is the facts and there is room for opinion. Uh, And I think, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone in, you know, subscribing to certain columnists whose opinion that I um, appreciate, and you know, sometimes probably want as a bit of an echo chamber, a bit of self reassurance, um, and there's some that I might glance at that I disagree with, but and I think that's where the dis- the difference should be, right? So if I'm list if I'm watching BBC News at ten, I'd ex- or ITV News at ten or whatever, I'd expect that to be as factually on the money as possible. Now there's always going to be some bias. There's always going to be some journalists are just better than others at putting it across. That's fine. But then when I watch something like Peston maybe or i'm reading a column a columnist um as long as it's clear that this is their opinion i think that you know that's more than fine as well and that should coexist the mm. danger
0: is when it becomes uh, opinion masquerading as fact mm. I, well no you've hit on a really really good point there i think so when it comes to unbiased news uh if we just mention the BBC for a second. Um, I don't have as much of a problem with the BBC as some of my other sort of Tory friends, family, peers do, because I know that some people really, really regard it as a left-wing echo chamber. Uh, And maybe there's a a minor truth to that. But in truth, I actually don't have a a massive problem with it. Just on that point there, Aaron, Mm. it's really interesting um, because I've got a lot of uh, Labour friends
1: and all those that are self-declared on the left who see um the bbc uh, which i personally don't have much of a problem with either by the way hmm. uh, they see it as a much more right-leaning news uh, kind of news bias which i think is really interesting and firstly that kind of seems like the balance is kind of right right if you've got those on the left that are saying oh is this a bit too right wing and you've got those on the right they go i think this is a bit
0: too left wing right okay Actually, but then those on the center who are saying Oh uh, yeah okay, uh, i see what yeah, you're saying what it is. yeah yeah, it, yeah.
1: It, it probably is on uh, it probably is hit does hit the mark, but I think you can look at the BBC and you can start picking it apart, and you can think right. Well, Laura Kunersberg uh, possibly is a little bit more to the right. You know, I'm talking fractions here, by the way. I'm not talking uh, absolute polemicists. Um, and then you have. You could say the same with that Andrew Neil, who we'll talk about later. Probably sits towards a little bit on the right. Yeah. But then, you, then you can look at um, BBC comedy, and it's fair to say that BBC comedy is very left-wing. But then, that's kind of uh, comedy in general tends to be more on the left, if not you know not left wing
0: but on the left that's what I was going to sort of distinguish by so when it comes to the BBC what I have no issues with pretty much any of its TV coverage I think its TV coverage actually for the most part is actually very very good and what I was going to say about um, about the US I think I mentioned this before is that there are a lot of people in the US who are so tired of their uh, journalist system if you like where it's on the right or it's on the left and it's so like that in America that actually a lot of them are tuning into BBC America because they actually just want just the facts for a second without you know screaming about Trump or kissing his backside basically. That is really interesting and that's got to be a good thing
1: as in you know to use the phrase it's a good feather in the cap right if we're trying to use BBC as a bellwether and I do largely you know think it's there or thereabouts then and the fact it's growing in America because of that reason it you stayed I think that's
0: got to be a, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but when it, so when it comes to its coverage, for the most part, I don't really have a problem with it. I have, I, I sometimes have a little bit of a problem with the way things are worded on their website, and in particular, if you go onto BBC iPlayer, it's pretty left. So, when it comes to unbiased versus biased news, I, I prefer the term balanced than I do unbiased. So, I don't know if unbiased is something that we should be necessarily aiming for, and I don't even know if I'm right on this. But what I mean by that is that I don't believe anyone really is unbiased. We all come with our preconceived ideas and perceptions and the way that we write about things and talk about things as human beings. And I would much prefer the idea of being balanced and fair to both sides, maybe more than I would do by being um, impartial, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think balance, though, is something the BBC have tied themselves up in knots with mm. um, a, a bit. And, you know, there is quite the culture of bashing the BBC from a big chunk of those on the right. Mm. Um, but for me, balance is really interesting. And this is a it's a well-used metaphor, so it's not mine. I'm not claiming it, but it does the job. You know, if um, if someone's telling you it's raining outside, for balance, you don't get someone on that tells you it's not raining kind of look out the window and see ah yeah it is raining Hmm. um and i think the bbc is sometimes guilty of trying to be so balanced that they give voices to fringe groups um or fringe opinions on certain topics trying to look for balance um which actually kind of skews it because the real balance would be if you were getting you say we're discussing climate and you were getting scientists on there you'd be having one scientist who believes the science of climate change, and one scientist who doesn't isn't really balanced because actually you would probably need a 100 from the science community. I'm not sure for balance you have to give
0: every side of the argument the same amount of airtime. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, I, I totally get what you mean about that, and and in climate change, I think that's absolutely right because if you would have fifty fifty of yeah, like you were saying, scientists one that agrees, one that doesn't, then that's not balanced because I think it's it's something crazy high, like ninety eight point five percent of scientists believe that human beings have had some degree of effect towards climate change. So I, I think that that's I think that's actually a really, really fair point. I but do you think that it could potentially open the door to being dangerous with that kind of view point like we're only going to really hear from from that one side like do you, uh, in my opinion it could potentially open the door up to manipulation
1: so yeah i think there's something to be said there uh on your point about being open to manipulation but actually for the news i think the balance should be balance of general opinion but then there's all facts but then there's n- Absolutely. If you were getting a debate show that isn't news, so say something like The Reich Stuff, which is not a show that I endorse anyone to watch, but, you know, it's a hot take take topical, you know, Muslims, what do you think of them? Bam, and get a load of people kind of angry. But, you know, if you're taking a show like that, then yeah, for me, balance isn't that necessary because you're just getting two people on to hammer out a debate. And I suppose that kind of comes under some kind of light entertainment somehow. Uh, definition.
0: But actually, I think for the news, then it's important that the balance is weighted to real life balance. I totally see where you're coming from with that. I guess my only concern is is that how far does that idea then stretch forward? And so then eventually, does it basically become, well, you know, we're all in our echo chamber here, whether that's left or right wing, and we've sort of gradually, drip by drip by drip, decided that we don't really need to hear a lot of these actually very mainstream and uh contemporary opinions on the other side of the piscola. I just sort of wonder it's, it's like s- you have to open the door ajar, but keep it ajar and not let it go any further,
1: potentially. There's gotta be a balance somewhere. And again, if you know if you are getting someone on that does skew the actual balance, then I think it's probably down for the presenter to say, you know, we have only got one of each side on, but ninety eight percent of scientists do think this. Yeah. And you know, try and try they maybe they can be
0: the voice of balance. I know, I don't know. It's just a really hard one to strike right, isn't it? Because when you're when you're listening to the news, especially now, I think a lot of people are thinking, is this actually the fact or is this just opinion and it actually reminded me if you've seen the Pixar film Inside Out there's a really Mm. interesting moment in that film where one of the characters inside this girl's head I think he sort of presents the the subconsciousness of this girl he tips over two boxes one contained facts one contained opinions and he goes, oh, let's just collate these all together and p- just puts them into the same box. And I just thought that was a really, <laughs> really sort of interesting illustration about, I think what uh, we what we all do to some degree. Now, and the BBC is is really interesting
1: because you know everyone pays a, a bit to its contribution um, uh, to keep it running and whatnot. So we feel that we probably own it a bit more than we do, say, ITV News, Sky News, Channel Four, or mm. any other any others. But I think from the right uh the right side of the argument uh politically speaking um that the news and comedy but are you know are, there is an overlap there um they do tend to criticize the government more because that the government is let's face it the important one whether it is a labor government or a Tory government it's national news what the government is doing not so much what the opposition is or isn't doing yeah. Um, and when we're, I don't know what we are, a decade or so into a Tory government. Just over, yeah. Um, it's only natural that some of this stuff feels like, oh, you're picking on the government. Well, well yeah, actually, because it's been 10, 11 years of headlines, it, it is going to feel like that a little bit. So there's some of our own um, almost confirmation bias that I think people need to be careful of.
0: Yeah, Um, no, I I think you're absolutely right on that, actually, because, and I I would be the first person to hold my hands up and say that I I do get tired of some comedians in particular, uh, who just seem to just bash um, the the Tories. And it does seem there does seem to be a little bit of a comedy echo chamber there. I don't know exactly what to do about it. But I I don't, I'm not, I I do get tired of that sort of humour. But also, if you were to go back and watch some early episodes of Mock the Week, for example, where gordon brown was prime minister they are ripping into him just as much as they are you know boris or you know Theresa may before him absolutely and it is personal
1: it's visceral it's it's mean-spirited but that's the show you know. and i'm not here to kind of critique the show but actually yeah then and if you go back to have i got news for you when tony under tony blair ian hislop was just as brutal with tony blair um Probably I've, I've, I rarely find a BBC comedy
0: that funny. To be fair, but I'm quite a harsh critic of stand-up comedy. I did like Mock the Week for a long period of time. I really, really got on with that well, and I liked it eight out of ten cats. Actually, I mean, comedy for the most for the most point is left, and I've always enjoyed um a a lot of comedy. I think I just get, I think I get tired of the of the echo chamber that a lot of comedians are so obviously in, and and after a while it sort of becomes preachy and I don't I, I don't think a lot of people like being preached at you can you can be funny and you can make jokes about things and I don't have a problem with with people making fun of the government like they did the last government. it doesn't bother me at all but I think that people just don't like being preached at and I think that some yeah. comedy has turned into that and then turned a lot of people I'm, off as a substitute for that I'm just with it
1: if it's funny it's funny I don't really mind um yeah when it's not funny uh, or oh, um, I've got quite a high bar for it but when it's not funny uh yeah Hmm. Next, it's interesting. Like I say about the BBC, people feel they own it. What do you? Your kind of opinions
0: on maybe Sky News or Channel Four, or any other kind of mainstream ones? Well, I know that Channel Four, when it comes to its other broadcasting, is is definitely liberal, and it makes no bones about that. And if it it if, celebrates it, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. Well, if it admits it, it doesn't bother me. It, it's it's. I only have a problem with it when it doesn't admit it and it pretends to be objective and it's not and the obvious one would be if we go back to america and would be CNN that's a very mm. very obvious one to me but in terms of channel 4's broadcasting i don't know if i have enough if i've seen enough of it to make a judgement on it the um one of the present not not john snow but um but uh, christian uh, guru Murphy, oh, yes. i think that's it yeah i think yeah. he's a very very good professional um channel 4 uh anchor i guess if you'd like so but yeah, um, but I know so you, that I know that Sky News has also um, been perceived of liberal bias, although it claims to be objective. But to be to be honest with you, I don't entirely know. No,
1: and i watched Sky News quite a lot of the time during the last five years, um, and I think you know they had good, strong uh, anchors such as Kay, Bert, uh, Kay Burley, uh, sorry, K Burley, and uh, Beth Rigby. Um So it was quite nice to see that, and as um, but again, I think there's. They ask hard. There's, we've got to be careful that asking hard questions of a government or criticizing a government isn't a bias, is it? Um, it goes back to your what's balance versus bias. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, as, yeah. As absolutely. As, right. Yeah,
1: as long as you're asking tough questions of everybody. Um, if you if you give fair, the same fair, like,
0: if you give the same scrutiny to both sides, that's totally fine, and and that's what's needed. The problem I have is when networks such as CNN. Are are screaming at Trump for the four years that he's elected, and then pretty much the, as soon as Joe Biden's elected, it's like their their scrutiny is nowhere to be seen. I think that's a major problem, especially when you're when you're perceiving impartiality, or when you're or deceiving. I should probably even say impartiality. That's what I have a problem with. If I know that some people will not like they, the government that, that they helped elect be hammered at. And I get that, but that is that's part of being in government, and that's the reason why we have the press is to hold them to account. And so I, um, I think that we can just have short. Well, when I say we, I mean people on the Tory side can sometimes have slight short memories, and actually remember that when Labour in power, the press gave them a right good battering, especially about the Iraq War. They would do again when Labour gets elected again in the future. So I mean, unless something changes, then 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 I'm then I'm sure they will as well. Do you like political civility? It's something that's been on my mind for years. Seeing America at breaking point with Donald Trump as president, the Brexit debate which divided the UK for many years and in some ways still going on now. It seems like there is so much noise out there and we can be under the illusion that the nastiness spouted by others on Twitter has to be the norm in political discourse. One of the ways you can really help josh and myself out is to subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review wherever you choose to listen this will really help more people discover the show we aim as you know to bring political civility back to people who want to discuss even the most contentious issues without forgetting about the humanity in the people that they speak to thanks for your support and now back to the show
1: So I want to touch on some of your time in America and your experiences on the news there. Yeah. But before we do, before we do, there is a big difference I think between what we watch on TV newswise and what the printed press um, does.
0: Hmm.
1: Now I would say there's a lot in the printed press, and it, for me it tends to be more on the right. The printed press, um, especially the the ones that are have the bigger readerships um, and the bigger sway. Now I would say there's not much objectivity. Uh, that goes into a lot of printed press and um neither probably has there ever been for a long time but it does feel like we're in a place where a lot of the newspapers become propaganda for uh, that's a harsh word but you know what i mean they almost become mouthpieces of whoever that there is their flavor of the week or month be it um large majority of the government or be a liberal paper um they don't As I'm I'm aware, I'm not sure if they are upheld to the same impartiality standards as broadcast uh, journalism, but if they are,
0: it doesn't seem like it's very well enforced. Well, I guess the news channels have Ofcom to contend with, so they have to obey rules around impartiality. But when you're the free press, then you can essentially print what you want, which is why you have the the mail on the right and then the Guardian on the left, for example. So I I think that it it depends between what they're what they're printing to be news and then their opinion pieces so one thing that i'm really comforted about when it comes to this country is the fact that you have a plethora of people from different political parties who seem quite happy to write for other newspapers i know there's probably a little bit of well labor would probably prefer to write for the guardian and the tories the mail or the telegraph but there are labor mps that write for the telegraph and there are and and so i i feel actually really comforted by that the fact that at least there is some degree of overlap and yeah, no. um, because that's not the, that's not how it is in america if you're a republican you go on fox if you're a democrat you go on cnn or msnbc that's not good because it's just establishing the echo chambers, and so I definitely take your point with um, with that about the press. But I just I think there's some comfort to be found in there, the fact that yeah. um, that, that with that there is some overlap in that way. Yeah,
1: Keir Starmer got some uh, criticism from those on the left of Labour Party for writing in. Uh, I can't remember which huge paper it was. I
0: thought it was the um, Telegraph,
1: is not? The Telegraph. Yeah, it might be the te- Telegraph or Times or something like that. Yeah, um, but it, but it makes sense, right? Labour can only win. If they get more people, <laughs> this is obvious, that voted for them last time, they need more votes, right? Yeah. Where are you going to get those? Where are you going to get those votes? You're going to get them from moderates on the other side. Yeah. How do you contact them in the media in which they kind of watch and read? It seems politically obvious to be doing it. Um, my only beef with uh, newspapers and it does tend to be more on the right is some of the kind of bombastic um, headlines that and front page pieces, which probably blur the lines quite a lot between um, fact and opinion.
0: Well, I I think you saw this quite clearly in the 2019 election. So if you saw the newspapers, I think... Um, I don't even remember what the headlines were for the Mail and the Telegraph, but it was obvious that they were they were pro-Boris. But when um, the headline for the Daily Mirror was Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's the, you know, the bias is... Is is somewhat Idiot. blatant. I I just yeah. feel slightly comforted by the opinion pieces. And there's um there, there's a lady that I follow who writes for the Telegraph, who's uh who's a member of the left, and she writes some of the opinion pieces. And I'm like, well, I I'm not saying that they're perfect. They're not perfect. Yeah, but I, I just I feel comforted by that that overlap to some degree.
1: So yeah, me too. Uh, I'm with you on there. So tell me, I can't remember how long you said you spent in America. Um, but tell me a bit more about that. And tell me a bit more about uh, the news and how people consume the news and the kind of impartiality and what people subscribe to really?
0: No, I mean that's a really good question. So I was out in america I was out in America for nine months. I was studying theology and I was in Northern California, which is a rather republican uh, section of California as opposed to the rest of it, which is heavily democratic. yeah, I didn't know that I didn't know a part I didn't know a republic bit of California existed yeah yeah so that uh the the northern sort of 300 400 miles of the northern before it hits oregon is pretty um is pretty republican yeah saw the trump banners and and all the rest of it and well that was sort of my that was sort of my awakening into politics really is because i i came from the uk i noticed how trump was being treated in the press and a lot of it Fair enough, in my opinion, because of the things that Trump was saying. But then, when I was able to make friends with some of the people who were voting for him, and I didn't know that they were voting for him at the time because I wasn't interested in politics, but when I just talked to them and was able to hear what they had to say, what they wanted, and some from Hillary's side as well, I was able to kind of understand more of a middle ground of why people were voting for him. And actually, it wasn't just well, for these people, it wasn't about. It was nothing to do with you know racism or xenophobia at all. It was actually just about trying to get their country back economically. So, um, but that's a. I guess that's a slightly different point. When it comes to the news, it's just so skewed one way or the other, and there is some good in that. The fact that at least most stations admit their bias, so you know what you're getting. However. Not everyone who tunes in will be aware of that bias and there will be fed information that they think is fact and actually is not fact. And so you have Fox News on the right, which was created by Roger Ailes about 20 years or so ago, I believe, because they they perceived bias to the left in all of the other TV stations. And so they released Fox News to sort of be as a, like an antidote to that. But... And you know most people that i was friends with there would just watch fox so so i find i find this really interesting because, okay fair enough
1: i'm more on the uh, liberal linens for sure um i watched cnn on election night largely because ah oh, the guy i can't remember his name um something king i think the uh he was fantastic just amount of energy standing up in front of a map watching them go and giving the insight and analysis um he, I thought he was fantastic, so he uh, he was getting a lot of uh, good press on Twitter, so I tuned into CNN um, just because of him, largely, and I don't know him from Adam, I don't know what his political views are or whatnot, but he was uh, he was exciting and watchable. But <clears throat> other than that, I only ever see CNN and Fox and, uh, I can't remember what the other one's called, MB and... MSNBC. MB. Yeah, I always get that, I always struggle with that. Um... When something goes viral, and now that might not be the most fair way to judge it, but you see a lot of Fox clips go viral, um, where they have people on there that, sure, I might disagree with them, but not only do I disagree with their opinions, I'm disagreeing with what they are claiming are their facts, mm-hmm. and that's something that just blows my mind. How I think, and this might happen on CNN, but I've not had any experience of it really, but I will see a clip from Fox and... I think Kellyanne Conway always seems to come up, or um, who was on there recently, Sarah Palin, I saw was trending. And they'll yeah. say something They'll say something, which is patently untrue. Um, and I'm not talking about uh, a new opinion or something. I can't think of a good example, which is a bit annoying. But I just sit there and like, I can't. I just can't believe that it's can happen, um, which is probably why Fox News in the UK felt, kept falling foul of um, Ofcom. And eventually got sacked off, didn't it, in 2017
0: yeah. or whenever it was. Yeah, Um
1: yeah. But it just it blows my brain.
0: Yeah, it does. I I think that when we talk about echo chambers, there's a comfort to being in your echo chamber. People like being agreed with. They like hearing opinions that go along with their own. It makes people feel good. And I think that part of the American press is just doing that. It's propping up what makes people feel good. And I don't. I've noticed that after a while, when I just hear opinions that I, it sort of just makes me feel a bit icky after a while if I just hear opinions mm. that I agree with all the time I kind of wonder what's next in fact I think it's actually a very bad thing to just hear one view because, um, and, I, and I would say that to someone who just only reads The Guardian or just only reads The Telegraph mm. so yeah, hear, yeah.
1: yeah, hear, hear, hear
0: So what does civility mean? The dictionary definition says formal politeness and courtesy in behaviour and speech. What I've realised about political anger is that it's actually a temptation. Sometimes we have to thumb past tweets that we want to respond to, but realise that if we did, we'd only add fuel to the fire. And what about our friends, families? We all know someone who's got opposing views to us. The question is how do you treat them? make the world a better place by talking about politics in a manner that's civil, kind and brings out the best in others. If you have any stories drop us a tweet at the red blue pod. Now back to the show. Regards to GB News, if I just read the headline for us, so to some it aims at being an alternative news channel that deliberately casts itself outside of the what some would regard the elitist metropolitan news sources that the majority of us are familiar with, and but to others the fear is that GB News could become a right-wing source for news, much like Fox News in the US. So as you've been following it this week, Josh, what are your what are your thoughts on it? I am a
1: bit worried about GB News coming to on the on the right, and the reason I think this, um, I did a little look at who who's backed it, who's who has helped create it, who's financing this, right? So, if you don't mind, I might go a bit off piece here, but I just had a look. So, you have a chap called Sir Paul Marshall, who's worth uh, six hundred and thirty million quid, hmm. and when I started to look into him. It said, ah, he was um, a research assistant for Charles Kennedy. and He was a Lib Dem supporter. I thought, oh, that's quite cool. That's a really good start. Mm-hmm. Before before he then left the Lib Dems over Brexit. Um, right. And he, because he's an ardent Brexiter. Um, and he donated to Michael Gove's uh, failed leadership bid. And none of those things individually mm-hmm. caused me any concern, you know, because actually, maybe he does seem quite balanced, although he's uh, quite strong on brexit um and then there's uh, a chap called um Christiana. uh i think the from his company uh legalum he's worth 1.6 billion um based out in dubai but he he was also a brexit backer and I think okay uh two two out of two so far tend to be kind of going that way in fact funny story uh, not only is he a Bex- uh, uh, Brexit backer he applied for a, uh, a Maltese passport um, so managed to get his EU membership through that way um, and then it, there's a chap uh, John C Malone and um, he well yeah so I think he's from America uh, and he's a director of one of the companies and um, he paid 250 grand for Trump's inauguration um, then his colleague paid another 250 grand towards Trump um campaigning and then their business together did another 250 grand Mm. now like i say all of those things separately don't really bother me too much but i just worry slightly when you put them all together Mm. and you think ah there's a few themes coming through there okay and they all tend to be slightly on the right so i could see where the people become worried about the right wing aspect of it um you then chuck in Andrew Neil, who actually I think, as a uh, interviewer, is world class mm. and probably probably not touchable on, mo- you know, from most of his peers' point of view. Um, and he is as rabid with member of the government as he is a, a Lib Dem backbencher. You know, there's no there's no holding holding back if he's got something in his sights, I and mean, yeah. he's very good very good at questioning. Mm. But inherently you know he uh chairman of the spectator which although it does have some liberal uh columnists and bits like you kind of said about the telegraph um, is largely conservative mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Neil I think it's probably fair to say or as he will say otherwise I think it's probably quite fair to say he's largely conservative um, I th- well
0: I think he's I think he's admitted that previously but what, yeah. what I, well, the reason why I don't have as much of a problem with it is that when he's it's his aim basically to bash whoever he's talking to, and he's yeah. he's done that and consistently. So in a way, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much that he's conservative because when when he's broadcasting, I'm, it's like you wouldn't know really. No, no, no. I'm
1: I'm largely with you. Um, so I I don't have much uh, beef. I don't think with his um, involvement from a talent inverted commas uh, you know with him presenting a show or anything like that. I think he's gonna he will be uh, quite on it. Um, he's obviously had a few choice opinions back in the past, but when he's on TV, um, I think he's really good. But if he's just taking up that kind of a bit more of an editorial-type role, so far, all the leanings seem to be pointing towards the right, especially with hiring um, Dan Wooden um, this week, hmm. from who uh, has been obviously on the Sun talk radio and thrives quite a bit on some... Uh, what you'd probably say is some right-wing sensationalism. Mm. Um, They've not released their full roster, and I'm sure they will, well, if they're true to kind of what they say, I'm sure there will be some uh, good balancing out of uh, talent. But my gut feel is it is going to be a little bit on the right, especially when you look at some of the people that are starting to get excited about it coming. Um, And I can only base this on Twitter. Mm. But, you know, you see some of the... Claire Fox, former uh, MEP, uh, Brexit Party, I think, um, and a few, few of those types, um, just leaves me a little bit to be worried about. But maybe I should put some more trust in Andrew Neil. Um, and I'm especially, you know, I probably won't watch it because, like I say, I'm not watching much broadcast media. But I will. I'm sure I will. It will come up on my timeline. I'll see YouTube clips and I'll see s- segments like that, so I'm willing to judge it for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, I just think some of the there's a bit of pearl clutching at the moment um, from some of the camaraderie. Um, and some people. I think uh, you probably saw the um, campaign to put pressure on advertisers not to advertise on the on the channel.
0: I mean, just a question to you: if Channel Four perhaps, not saying it is, but if Channel 4 perhaps in its news broadcasting is is maybe more left-leaning, is there such a problem with having a channel that is potentially a little bit more right-leaning?
1: Uh, that is a very good question. Um, I suppose the counter, counter- is, um, I don't think many people watch Channel 4 news. Uh, I don't think many people watch G- are going to watch this GB news either, actually. But I suppose I don't have... Particular issue with either, either of them uh, existing, if their colours are nailed to the mast, um, some of that bit of deceptive stuff uh, could
0: be a worry. But also, I just worry what what this opens the door to. I agree with you in terms of opening the door, because I think for the most part, I like our news broadcasting. I like the fact yeah. that it's. I think that I think that time will tell with it. What I didn't appreciate was, I guess, all of the hysteria surrounding a lot of it and to, yeah. uh, i think that the concerns that you've raised about it are 100% valid and i completely agree with them actually but i think that the hysteria that was on twitter this week didn't highlight yeah. that at all it was just um well fear-mongering i think actually to some degree
1: yeah there's probably element of that we need to remember uh, not me and you but the the we of twitter people um is that most of the country aren't on twitter most of the countries don't care what goes on on Twitter. Um, Good for them, and i like, say, actually. Exactly. I, I, I am jealous of them. I wish I had that uh, ability to n- unhook
0: myself from from it. Well, I did. Um, I did, Josh. But then we started a podcast, and so I had to go <laughs> <I had to laughs> exactly. back on, create an online yeah, presence. Exactly.
1: Uh, it's not a great place. But I've got a lot of respect for Hope Not Hate. I think they've done some real fantastic campaign- campaigning, and, and there has definitely been some good pressure, and especially on some of the newspapers that we kind of mentioned earlier, where you removed advertising from... Now, this isn't removing it from people that might have an opinion that's a bit controversial, but this is removing, I think, advertising from stuff that is genuinely hateful. And that has, to be fair to them, crossed over on the left with some of the anti-Semitism stuff uh, and other, through to the right. So it was a campaign group hope not hate for me do really good work on this. I think they've been a bit too reactionary. You know, if, um, if the bong start and the first, uh, welcome to GB news insert something horrendously homophobic, transphobic, any kind of racism or whatever, crack, then hope not hate crack on. And for me, campaign, I thought, you know, they'd have my support actually. But for me, it just seems a bit premature. Um, And I'm not sure it's, uh, I don't know if it's right. Um, one thing, yeah, I I just don't know on that. I think time will tell again. And one thing that does concern me, the fact they've called it GB news. Now this might be trivial and I might be, um, neurotic on it, but it seems a bit nationalistic to me. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's intentional. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure that, uh, Sits too well with me at the moment.
0: Doesn't it just stand for great Bake Off news?
1: <laughs> I would watch that, I tell you. If I could watch,
0: <laughs> rolling news. Of... It's it's right. It's right wing cooking. Oh wow! Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> rolling news of um, Dan Wooden trying to bake with Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood critiquing. Uh, I'd be up. I'd be all over that. And Ofcom, you know, have a big job, and I think largely Ofcom get the big set piece stuff right as well. Um, people like to moan and say, uh, Ofcom has allowed something that's minorly controversial or not even controversial when, you know, 150 people complain and think that means Ofcom should actually care about their complaint. Well, actually 150 people can jog on if they don't like a, a gay kiss on Coronation Street or whatever the outrage of the week might be. Uh, but I do put a lot of trust in Ofcom. Um, and they've got a big job of their hands, especially with this. What I do worry about, Ofcom, and this is another thing to go back all some of the politicisation of uh, BBC and Ofcom and the regulators, uh, is look who the government are currently trying to get into some of these roles. So the chairman uh, of the BBC um, comes from the right, former Tory uh I can't remember exactly, uh, but involvement with the Tory party. And then they're trying to get Paul Daycar in at Ofcom. Um, and he's someone I disagree with a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he brought some, I think really unsavory times to uh, Daily Mail. Um, so I'd be, I would be worried if he got a gig uh, at Ofcom. But largely just because, not just because I disagree with him, um, but largely because I think it would be a political appointee Uh and well, I don't think governments should, have, should be having that part to play um, and they shouldn't be flexing their muscles to get a, uh, a fan of theirs into
0: a top position. No, well, I agree with that, definitely. I, I think that my concern with, with companies like Ofcom and maybe the, um, the Hope Not Hate organization, although admittedly I don't know them very well at all, is that when they're judging content, they, have a, they can potentially go down the road of becoming ideological and yeah. so that would be my only concern is is how are they judging things because like we've already discussed everyone is partial everyone has their own opinion and so i would i would be concerned so the people at the top of ofcom for example who make all the big decisions i'd be very interested to know where they lie politically because i would say that if if most of them lean to the right or to the left i would i would question their decision making. So, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that there should be quotas on hiring, but, no, no, um, but I, I do. No, I, I, I'm concerned about about where things go ideologically with those kind of organisations. I think you are largely right, but I think the kind of person that tends to be attracted
1: to some of these regulatory roles um, are probably not too politically motivated. And the reason I say that is because they are very methodical. They are very you know, largely it's procedural. It's, you know, it's very kind of in the detail, um, which is why I think someone like Paul Descartes might struggle if he was to get the role. Um, But no, I think it's a fair concern. But I think largely on balance, I'd say Ofcom do a pretty good job.
0: Bring political civility back by joining us every Friday on the Red and Blue podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the red blue pod where both Josh and I, Aaron, will be tweeting our thoughts throughout the week.